Welcome back to Who the Hell is This For? Today, we are changing things up a bit, and it is the anime episode. We just have myself and Riley. Jeff is out today uh, because he's doing real-life things, so we thought, why not talk about... Because he's a normie. (laughs) And while the normies are away, the weebs will play. (laughs) Let's go. Uh, But before we get into that, of course, first... Make sure that, as always, you are still supporting uh, trans, indigenous, uh, black, and also want to throw in there, um, you've seen a lot of things shared lately about an increase of anti-Asian violence. That also is a super huge issue in the wake of the pandemic and the way that some idiots have reacted to it. Please also make sure that you are supporting and donating uh, to Asian organizations, uh, lifting up Asian voices through all of this, and basically just being an ally to the marginalized communities that make up our country. And with that, before we get into our anime episode writ large, Riley, what have you been watching? Okay, yeah. So let's see. The past week or so, I have watched, let's see, we watched Kong Skull Island, which I think is something yes. we both watched. Um, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which, man, do I have some thoughts about the actors they chose for that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, and I watched Endgame. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. You said you watched that again. Last, last, the next thing I knew, I, you know, three and a half hours of my day were gone. But, you know. <laughs> it's all right. I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh, yeah. this past weekend. Yeah. So I, I get it. Yeah, well, that, that's about it for me, I think. Yeah, so I, I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We also, what else did we watch? We did um, Kong Skull Island. And I'm still trying to get Catherine to start My Hero Academia with me, but she is not. She is not bought in yet. Well, I mean, we'll get to My Hero here in a little bit. Um, yeah, exactly. We've been watching that as well. We are at the point in that show where uh, Midoriya got to uh, basically Roshi's house to train. Yeah. Yep. Um, he just learned that he needs to actually have. Uh, all for one coursing through his entire body to master it. So yes, can definitely see where that's going. Yep. These are the, these are the points where that show really start like the inflection point where it really just starts to ramp up and you, you are heading into a set of episodes that is phenomenal. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. So without further ado, let's talk about what we're doing today. So, Riley and I, as we have alluded to on the podcast a lot, we have been big fans of anime most of our lives, uh, and we'll talk about just how much of our lives here pretty shortly. But what we're going to do, we're both going to kind of run through a timeline and our history of our relationship with anime and how that kind of grew and developed, the shows that we were into and kind of led us to this point, uh, do a whole section for the granddaddy of both of our fandoms for Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> shows we need to watch what we feel like makes a good anime top five shows top five characters and also going to throw in a bottom five characters either most hated or just bad characters because you got plenty to choose from for both for sure 
So Riley, I will go ahead. I'll let you get us started. Run me through your history and your relationship with anime. Okay, so we all start off, which is I'm sure a lot of us listening started off around this time. Uh, 1997 started Pokemon for me. Uh, and I watched, I kind of, what I did is I listed dates from when I started to probably about when I finished. Uh, I ran 97 to 2002, um, which would be Indigo League through Advanced. Yeah, um, okay. Really, I think anybody that grew up with Pokemon, personally, I mean, it was just the perfect age for me. Um, yeah. You know, just under 10, I was probably 7 to 10 throughout that run, which I think is just, which just nailed the show perfectly. And then this obviously, this opened up the door to collecting um, and that I am an extremely impulsive person because of this show and these cards. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I have every month, this is my new fad slash obsession, so... Uh, I think I think we both kind of have that uh, personality trait. Yeah, so that's I think Pokemon is what started that. Um, and, and so I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Pokemon, like you said, it's a pretty much a given for any of us around our age that this was our intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 1997, right before my fifth birthday, uh, that's when I also got looped into Pokemon when it dropped in the U.S. And that was my first exposure to anime. And it blew the doors off for me because I had the toys, games. I yep. had like written books, yep. not the manga, but just like little like <laughs> yeah. children's books. Um, anything that was branded with Pokemon uh, became just it. It was my entire yeah, life. All I in. got huge into the cards, every every level. And then, so where where'd you go from there? So after that, uh, well, so Pokemon was a much bigger arc, and then you had some shows fall in that time as well. Um, one of them that I know you'll have notes on, uh, 99 to 2000 was Digimon. Oh yeah. Um, and that's exactly what I had next, but I'll, yeah. I'll let you give a few yeah. thoughts on Digimon. Digimon, Pokemon's edgy cousin. Um, I only gave this one season and it just, it, I, I, even as a kid, I just, it just wasn't for me. Um, I mean, I did one season, but I still had the toys and the cards. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't that disinterested in it, but um you very much like it was it became like a dreamcast versus ps2 type thing yeah like you you fell in with one and you fell in pretty hard with that one for a while right so i know you so for yeah for me digimon almost like there was a period of time where digimon might have taken the mantle from pokemon for me and i'm not entirely sure why that was but i so it, I had the toys. I saw every movie as they came out in the U.S. Um, I remember like coming home, watching Digimon on Cartoon Network, and then watching it. I believe it was on Cartoon Network at that time because I think it was a Toonami show, um, or it might have been Fox. But I, I do remember it's one I was watching a ton of when I lived in Wichita. And I actually forgot about this until I was writing these notes. I had not one, but three separate Digivices nice. that were like the Digimon yeah. Tamagotchis. Yeah, that's right. That's what I had. Yeah, I had the uh, I had the orange one with Agumon in it. It's the only one I remember. Yeah, Agumon, and then and then basically giant uh, giant Agumon. War Greymon. Yeah. the The naming conventions were better for Pokemon for sure. I think definitely easier to um, pick up as, you know, a 10-year-old. 
one of the one of the first things I remember, or like one of the like strongest memories of my childhood I have uh, in relation to Digimon was. Do you remember the episode? I don't know if this happened first season or later, but there's an episode where Wizardmon just gets his ass handed to him Mm-mm. and just gets blasted, and he um, he dies just full on dies. Oh, wow. And I, I remember just sobbing because <laughs> Wizardmon was one of my favorites. Yeah, I do not remember that. Oh yeah, it's I I carry a lot of a lot of memory. I I remember going up through at least season three because you had Agumon in season one was like the Pikachu of the show, mm-hmm. and then you had the little blue one, the little blue guy with the little head tails, like dinosaur oh, looking yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember season three was the red, like, dragon one, uh, Guilemon. And he was, the whole big thing with him was he was a virus and not, like, a data or vaccine-type Digimon. So, I, yeah, I got really, really invested in that. And to this day, I mean, for Christmas, I picked up one of the, uh, I picked up the Digimon Cyber Sleuth. I've been playing through that on Switch, and it rules. It's (laughs) a very solid JRPG. That's awesome. So where'd you go from there? Next show, um, this one's this one's kind of a runoff because I could have put it in a couple different places, but uh, 2001, the show Beyblade. Yep. Uh, here's my notes on this show. Uh, this, sh- this was a show to sell toys. The toys were cool <laughs> as hell. And this show is still going uh, because yeah. it is. It is still running. Uh, and Beyblades apparently have made a huge comeback. Uh, in the toy market, so yeah, so I, I, as as we've talked about, I I work with kids, and I worked one of the jobs I had. There was a period where there were just Beyblades everywhere. Oh yeah, and we had to like be like they were <laughs> causing a ton of issues between kids, and we we're like we got we got to put a stop to this. And the, that was a good at least fifteen to twenty years after like the height of my interest. After in I was introduced to, to us. Yeah. Like we were the yeah. first market for it. Definitely. Um, Which is insane. Uh, Beyblade was one of those things where I was super into it and it wasn't, it wasn't accepted like a Pokemon or a Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. I was like, this would be so cool if everyone in the school was just super into Beyblades like me and we would all just play. <laughs> mm-hmm. but oh yeah. Never, Dude, I remember bringing, I, I would bring my, my few Beyblades. I had one that I had like put together across like a few different ones and I kept it in like a note card box. Nice. I remember bringing it over to your house. I think I'm trying to think <laughs> where I had going. a, I had a white one and a, a white one and a maroon one. And I, I don't remember. I obviously I had like a white tiger one. Yeah. That was obviously my, my, that my brain was, I'm going to pick whatever power ranger color I want. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, how about you? Where would you go? Were you? Yeah, you. I guess you were a Beyblade guy. So yeah, I was, go to I was next, big in Beyblade. Because I remember here? us. Yeah, I remember us doing a lot of uh, a lot of Beyblade together. So it was around this time, like right after that Beyblade period, mm-hmm. and this was probably more in the late elementary to middle school. I, I started watching Toonami a lot, mm-hmm. um, mostly as we'll talk about for Dragon Ball Z. Uh, but I all I then I started to get into a couple more like I won't call them niche ones because they're very popular, but compared to Pokemon and Digimon, and definitely not what you expected your average like middle school kid to be watching. But I got super into Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. 
And then, have you ever watched Tenchi Muyo? Uh-uh. Tenchi Muyo, I don't remember a lot, but I remember, like, going through that show in, like, the 12 to 13 range was an awakening. That's when I discovered, like, huh, this... That's when you discovered how horny animes could be. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, I don't even remember. I try to think back if Tenchi Muyo had, like, a conflict other than just, like, this alien space pirate and some witches and this guy all living in a house, and they all wanted to get with Tenchi, the guy. And I don't remember much else. Ty, just 12, 13 years old, just ripping through hentai videos. <laughs> And this anime is crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, it, um, I, so that's all I really remember is just like realizing like, whoa, this is not what I expected, but that's not bad. Right. And then Sailor Moon, but, Sailor Moon was one. I think I would have liked had I given it the chance. Um, mm-hmm. but I think my, I guess at the time, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old brain, was like, no, this is a girl show, and poo-pooed it off. Yeah, So, and that's something I wanted to touch on with Sailor Moon, is I think like it's so interesting, because I, I had a little bit of that, but then like I still got really into Sailor Moon, and I was like, oh, no, like this stuff is really cool. Right, and, like, right. It, it was really interesting to, as a kid, without realizing it, like the whole deal of like gendered shows and like sure. gender norms aimed at different groups i was just like yeah no this is really rad yeah i mean like now yeah now you look at this show and you're like yeah that's cool as hell i mean but Mm -hmm. it's hard to get a kid like that to well maybe not now but you know back in 2000 Mm -hmm. no and i i totally agree and it's i think that's probably why it's something that has stayed so beloved throughout Mm -hmm. the years Mm -hmm. like even beyond just being a really fantastic show i think a lot of people did revisit it and give it a chance after initially being like "Mm, no maybe not not for me i don't want to watch a girl show pink gross (laughs) (laughs) well they're named after the planets yeah that's cool as hell kid yeah i would say that would be like the one thing that would pull me in yeah Uh, i'm trying to remember i believe i think saturn was my favorite if i remember right i'd have to double check but i know i know caitlin is a a big stanner of Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. And then, so what What about after that? So then was then another... I, my, my timeline starts to get a little messier after that, and I just remember specific shows yeah, instead so of it, when I watched I kinda, them. Everything kind of runs together here. Um, so the next one I'll go with uh, is Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, yeah. 2000 to 2006. It's another big arc, so you kind of just... I just threw it in from start date is where I sorted mm-hmm. it. Um, I probably hit the cards for Yu-Gi-Oh a lot harder than I did for Pokemon. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that comes from walking home from like, it hit the age where I could walk home on my own and go to like Casey's and and just buy cards. Um, so that really took off the monster design in Yu-Gi-Oh is top tier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like, even though, you know, it all came out in the early aughts and had its heyday during that time, it still also felt very like, like very 90s aesthetic, Mm -hmm. but not in the Pokemon Digimon way, but in the like uh, Todd McFarlane 
and yeah. like spawn and uh, that type of stuff. I feel like it meshed really well with that, and just the design ended up being awesome. Uh, and another card game that is really stuck around. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like we can't talk about Yu-Gi-Oh without mentioning our friend Randy. <laughs> yes, Facebook, big shout out to Randy. Uh, who generates some of the best Yu-Gi-Oh memes that come across any of my socials. It's it's the only Yu-Gi-Oh content I'm seeing, and I'm so glad that I'm seeing it. He just nails it every time. Absolutely. Um, so right around the Yu-Gi-Oh time, because I was... Um, I was really big into that. I think I even played one of the games. I had an emulator uh, that my uncle had put on our computer for us. And I had played one of the Yu-Gi-Oh games uh, uh, and got really into that. I had one on PS2. Uh, Duelist of the Roses is what it was called. Yeah, I think that was it. Um, But I also... So after after the Toonami era and the Sailor Moon, the Tenchi Muyo... I also got really into, uh, this was a Fox one. This was a Saturday morning, but Monster Rancher. Sounds familiar. I- Monster Rancher. Um, so the big iconic monster for Monster Rancher was the like Mike Wazowski looking guy, but the big eyeball with a mouth on just a single oh, leg. Yeah. And he would hop around. Uh-huh. And the uh, you had your backwards hat protagonist. And the whole thing with them... Oh yeah, I they, totally forgot about You had the show. discs. Yeah. And so I I wish I had had the PS2 where you like would put the discs in and it would do something to like capture monsters or whatever. Like you would put mm-hmm. CDs in your PS2. <laughs> and just viruses. Like... <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <all it was. laughs> yeah, hey kid, but get I... these CDs and put them in your computer. Well, no, you could get like any music CD. And put it in your PS2, and it would read that data and give you a specific monster from it. So, I don't think this was that show, but it was super related to this. And it was never a full, I don't think it was ever a full anime or card game, but it was just like a one-off game you could get. Um, And you would like, it was like the barcode scanners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And you could go to like the grocery store and scan something, and it would pop up a monster, and you could, Mm -hmm. yeah. I wish I remembered what that was called because I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah. And so I would go, the thing with, the last thing I want to say about Monster Rancher, because that one was like a quiet favorite for me. That was way up there in the ranks. And uh, I found out at the Dollar Tree in Newton, we are getting incredibly regional for just (laughs) the people who grew up around us. But there was a Dollar Tree next to a GameStop right by the Walmart, about 15, 10 to 15 minutes away from where we lived. I don't think that's too regional because I think next to any Walmart is a Dollar Tree that is next to a GameStop. So that's true. You, we're we're painting a picture for whatever part of the country you're in. We, uh, I would go there and they had, they had little, they had plastic discs and they were like about inch and a half, two inches deep, and you would peel that off and it was just like really shitty, crappy plastic, and you would peel that off and there'd be like five to six acrylic monsters in there. Oh, nice. And I, I got a ton of those. I played with those all the time. Um, okay. So we're on Fox kids right now. Um, yes. Brings me to my very niche Fox kids show because the only time I watched this show was when I had to go, when, uh, my sister and I had to go to work with my dad on Saturday mornings. Uh, we would watch this in the basement and that is the show Sonic X, Ooh. 2002 to 2003. Um, I couldn't tell you a lot about this. 
Uh, I actually didn't even think it was an anime until I looked it up, and it actually is. Um, but yeah, Sonic X. Okay. Very solid. Then the uh, the few that I have left, uh, at least around the kind of middle school, uh-huh. mid-aughts range, uh, the big ones were Zoids. Yeah. I got huge into Zoids. And Zoids, I remember, was one of the first things I like convinced my parents to buy me off the internet. <laughs> uh, like I got one of the, or I got like two of the Zoid models. Mm-hmm. And they they were awesome. They were also impossible for a child to put together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 12-year-old Tyler trying to put together like a perfect grade model. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like one, like a 120th scale. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Zoids, this is really weird. So I'm not trying to take away from you, but so I have no, two shows here that kind of end that era. And one of them... One of them is Zoids, and one of them is one of my favorite shows. Then and now, just I fucks with it. Uh, Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Yeah. Uh, shout out our friend Epley, who I know is a huge fan of that show as well. Um, so here's the thing: yeah, Ep might be the bigger or the biggest Gundam fan I personally know. Yeah. Um, so here's what I discovered. So you would think that you would that. Mobile Fighter, you'd watch that and then get into Zoids, but which I thought is what happened. I watched Gundam and then I was just super into the mech train, you know, like mm-hmm. I was all the mech stuff. Zoids actually came out on Cartoon Network before Mobile Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that's possible. I guess maybe I caught the late end of Zoids, but uh, Mobile Fighter G Gundam, very much my shit, you know, all the. You know, I thought each country having its own Gundam was is just rad as hell. Um, mm-hmm. It was probably a grab for toys, but I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, of course it was. And I really like the overarching story of the guy, the, I forget his name, but he was the devil Gundam. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then and then got into Zoids, and this especially the badass, the white tiger one, that ever, yep. that's like the main one. Liger Zero. Yeah. Yeah, I so I was super into Zoids, and I got a little bit into Gundam. I I had a friend who was into Gundam, but I I didn't appreciate it as much as a kid for whatever reason. I thought I was like, eh, these robots are cool, but they're shaped like people. Give me <laughs> robots shaped like other stuff, and so I just didn't get into it. And now, like as an adult, I appreciate Gundam and just all the different series of Gundam so much more. Mm-hmm. I also think the. Uh, the war is hell and the themes of imperialism really went over my head as a kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're, you're too busy with your super horny anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just watching Tenshi Muyo and thinking about alien space pirate ladies. Uh, but now I think Gundam looking back, I really, really appreciate it because I like things like Akira and Evangelion so much, right. which are so heavy into those themes. And you can see a lot of where, because you know, you have Gundam before, then Akira, Evangelion, other series of Gundam, off and on. How they all kind of played into each other and influenced each other through all of that. Definitely. And then, so I'm kind of wrapping up my timeline because this was where I started to fade off because it stopped it being cool to be into anime. Yeah, uh, I, or, have, I have one other one that we could... That, sorry, I'm not talking and about I No, I, I have one other thing uh, to talk about because as I... As it was like less cool to be into anime and people were like, no, that's weird, man. And one, 
no, it was never not cool. It always ripped, and you should have never let myself be convinced. Don't listen to what other people tell cool. you what's cool and not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so that's why I never watched the whole series, but I watched so many YouTube clips of Naruto oh, when okay. I was in high school. And I was very, very like hush hush about it. But I was like, man, this is really cool. And I'm still going to just like watch all of these Naruto fights, which is why I ended up reading all 700 each chapters of uh, Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. However many chapters there are of each of those. But yeah, I ended up loving it now. And that is one I need to watch, but we'll touch on that later. Um, yep. The last one of that era that we should probably talk about, which is on the fence for a lot of people if this could make this episode, but it's Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of if you consider it an anime, I mean, it's an American-made anime is what it yeah. is. Um, which, for I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, you're watching... I. It's not like we watched any of these shows as kids in subs. Like yeah, we all watched yeah. the dubs as kids. So I don't I don't see how Avatar is any different. Um It's it's really not I think the bigger thing there is there are some cultural differences between Avatar and uh Japan made anime mm-hmm. that I think that's the biggest issue that a lot of people bring up. But for all intents and purposes, it's an anime. Uh, yeah. Especially, I mean, for being like watching it as a kid from 2005 to 2008 when it came out, like, yeah, I mean. And um, I, so I didn't, and this was like kind of at the same time as I was kind of fading out of all of this. So I only watched a couple episodes of Avatar when it was actually airing. And then when I actually moved to Kansas City in 2016 and was still like settling in here and didn't have. Like, I knew people here, but hadn't, like, built really strong connections mm-hmm. with people. So I didn't even have a bed frame at that point yet. So it was just mattress on the floor, uh, watching Avatar for the first time all the way through. <laughs> it was amazing. I loved it. Um, but, yeah, man, that it, it just it, that show rules. Yeah. Everything about it, the, just an awesome concept show. We uh, could do a whole episode just on Avatar. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I... I think there is so much there to be said about how informed it was by a lot of uh, the story beats of Japanese anime. Like, I mean, Zuko is Vegeta. That's such an easy parallel to draw. I think it's it's more or less an ode to anime. And it totally is. You obviously, you know, I'm glad we did this in a timeline sense because you don't have Avatar The Last Airbender without the tsunami boom, you know, mm-hmm. in late nineties through the early two thousands. If that isn't popular, you don't have avatar. Yeah. There would be no reason for them to want to make that. Right. A couple other shows. I remember that also, I think were kind of earlier attempts uh, at being something like avatar, the last airbender, but I remember fighting food which might've actually been an anime. I'm not sure. Uh, but I do know it was it was a Fox one, and I remember almost nothing, but all of the monsters were food-themed, uh, which was awesome. I don't remember that one. And then Shaolin Showdown. Oh, I yeah. I also remember. Shaolin Showdown ruled, which was very much squarely in the, like, American Saturday morning cartoon, but it was, it was kind of the same thing. It it paved the way for something like Avatar to be created over here. Right. Um, 
so you touched, you watched Avatar in 2016. Um, I mm-hmm. had a show that fell in that same time frame, um, and that's the Voltron remake. Yeah, came on Netflix. I really liked the Voltron um, remake. Because I, obviously, I mean, we were both, I think, too young to see Voltron. Mm-hmm. We didn't exist during Voltron's prime. Right. So it was hard to watch the original, I mean, catch the original. Um, so I can't, I went and watched the new one and I really liked the new one. Um, I need to actually go back and finish it because I think they made a lot more seasons than I initially remember. I only watched the first season and then yeah, there's didn't eight. hear anything else about, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I need to watch you yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think I watched the first season. I'm like, well, that's rad as hell. I'll watch, you know, I'll watch the, when it comes out next season and then I forget about it. And then I checked on yep. it and it finished up in 2018 on the eighth season. So, oh my God. Eight okay. seasons in two years. I don't know how they did that, but that's insane. <laughs> Um, and then, I mean, so we've kind of caught up for the most part. Do we want to talk about shows we've currently watched? Like, yeah, so I wanted to my, touch on that. So like my timeline, so we're at, so obviously we'll touch on the Mecca of our anime love. Yeah. Um, but I just completed, and I think you did too, uh, Demon Slayer. I'm yes. not going to try and pronounce the rest of the title. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I mean, um, if I, I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation, but Yumetsu no Kaiba. Yes, that's what it is. Um, this show fucking rules. Yeah, um, absolutely. Top tier animation. The level of gore that is in this show was so unexpected. Um, and I love... I wished you hadn't told me because it would have caught me so off guard I know, when I watched it. I think it. you hit like episode three... And Nezuko straight up kicks the dude's head off. Yep. And I'm, and now it was at that moment I was like, I'm all in on this show. Um, also, the intro to this, the intro song to this show, absolute banger. Maybe one it of is a I strong think, intro. I think it's one of my favorite anime intros of all time. Um, Caitlin Mage wanted me to point out that this is her favorite anime now. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, cannot wait for the movie, which I believe hits theaters the 25th of February, yes. uh, Mujin Train. Uh, and it's just, I think we're going to get about four seasons of the show. Um, I think so because the manga is completed. Right. Unfortunately, I think it's, I know uh, it's like mid two hundreds is how many chapters there are. Yeah. And, and this uh, first season was about 50. Yeah. And, uh, Mujin Train takes you through 64, I think. Yeah, I think I looked up a timeline um, or a projected yeah, which timeline. Which is a shame that we aren't going to get so much more of this show. Yeah, I think I think um, the timeline I saw, I think it's it'll be two movies in three seasons, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, there's it's good and bad because I mean, one thing I really like about this show is the pacing. Um, yeah, I they, there is no such thing as a filler episode for this show. Uh, everything is worth. It is a toward- shame we'll never get a baseball episode. Right. Every, I mean, everything is building towards the greater story. Um, I think this will be a really good franchise or show by the time we get to the end. I think it'll be a really oh, good absolutely. total product. Um, I'm just really excited to see where it goes. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add on that? We talked about the animation, but I think what is so cool about the animation is that they're incorporating a lot of cell shading mm-hmm. and the the animation looks different. It's not just very good, but it's different from a lot of the stuff that right. you see in a lot of other anime. And that's what really sets it apart. It's just, I know, I know cell shading can be poo-pooed at times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I think they do it so well and it's such a, a high level that it just it just takes the show to a, a whole new arena. Yeah, absolutely. Demon Slayer really impressed me. I was super hooked. Another uh, another couple anime that I've been watching, the big one I always talk about on the show is My Hero Academia, which we will talk about, I imagine, together a little bit. Uh, I'll let you lead that conversation so that I don't uh, right. spoil yeah, anything for ahead. you. Yeah. Um, but the big one that I really, really enjoyed was uh, watching Evangelion for the first time, mm-hmm. which boy is that like that's an experience of an anime it it is such a like generic traditional mech anime for about three episodes and then it does the mech thing for a little bit and then it becomes something absolutely insane right it's it is one of the most thought-provoking anime that i've ever seen and it is very just like when I finished the show and then watched End of Evangelion, like I just sat in my living room, like TV off for like a good thirty to forty-five minutes before I did anything else. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh my god!" She's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah. Also, a show, another show, all-time, all-time theme song. Oh yeah, for me, I, I have to think Cruel Angel's thesis takes it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's good. Um, One of my favorite things back during the campaign trail, the just running joke that uh, Marianne Williamson was going to come out for the debate to uh, Cruel Angels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anything else you've been watching? Because I'll, I'll circle us back to my hero. Um, other than those two. Oh, uh, I've, I've watched a few seasons of uh, Hunter x Hunter. And I really, really dig that one. I would like to watch all of it, but I hear since that kind of hit the back burner for me because the manga is just like on indefinite hiatus, except for when the author like poops out a chapter every couple months. That's the same. Isn't that the same guy that does Dragon Ball or same studio? That's what I thought. I think that's what you told me. No, uh, I would have to check. I do know what I really liked about it was that the animation style looks very similar. Mm, maybe that's what um, it was. But it, like, you, have, you have animation style that is similar to Dragon Ball. You have animation style that's similar to My Hero. You have characters that look like they were pulled from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Like, it is, it's such a blending of all of those uh, animation and illustration styles, and it's really, really interesting. And... Uh, Gon is probably one of my favorite shonen protagonists mm-hmm. just because he he's like the epitome of the like heartwarming like good person anime teen who is also like going to wreck your world <laughs> yeah so let's let's similarly to that character let's salute back to my hero all right so I believe like I think I mentioned it before we are have left off as of this recording um Deku has just kind of realized um, that he needs to have all for one coursing through his entire body, not just one area. Um, so we can kind of talk about everything up until then. Mm-hmm. Um, I do so think really go what ahead. I want to get from you is, and you, you and I had texted a little bit about this, but you know, early on you had asked like, when does it pick up or does it pick up? Like what's the pacing like? Because you were just coming off of Demon Slayer, which is just a freight train of an anime. Right. Um, and 
And then you texted me. You're like, okay, I'm all the way in uh, when they were in the sports festival. Right. And I think so. sports festival is what? Season two? Season two, yeah. Yeah. So um, it does start out pretty pretty slow. And like I said, that, that definitely attributes probably to Demon Slayer. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say once they got to UA... Um, and I think this was the end of season one when the villains attacked the school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's they attack when, right at the end of season one. That's kind of when it starts. It started to rope me in because um, you kind of got more of more combat, more uh, you know characters actually using their quirks and. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that's the moment that it goes from I'm just watching a bunch of kids train to there is a bigger conflict yeah, happening. Yeah, in we actually world. have a villain. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what then, a man! What a villain in Shigaraki! Yeah. I, I love Shigaraki. And, I mean, and Nobu. The yeah, the Nobu are good too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, then season two with the sports festival, and that's what really drew me in. Um, mm-hmm. You get you get the story, or you know, start to build the story of Todoroki, um, who's mm-hmm. been my favorite character so far. Um, I kind of figured he would be. I think. Which I think we had talked about Todoroki as a as a whole as a character before this, or we were texting about him, and I think you said that you thought he could be on the spectrum. Yeah, um, I, there's there's a lot with Todoroki that seems like very similar to spectrum esque behaviors. <laughs> and I noticed it when they're coming up with their hero names, and he just goes up and is like Shoto. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I really enjoy Todoroki. Um, yeah, there's there's the, the Todoroki family. Bakugo. Is, <laughs> I love Bakugo, and I really thought I was gonna hate him, but it's it's similar to the Goku Vegeta relationship. But it's like, what if Vegeta had Goku's impulse control, and then you get Bakugo? Right. Um, but yeah. Um, Excited to see where everything goes. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of left on a cliffhanger uh, with the um, uh, who's the villain right now? Well, I mean it's the same villain, but the guy they just kind of recruited, uh, Red Stain or something. Oh, Stain, yeah, Stain, yeah. So he just cornered Ida, and you kind of get oh. a bad feeling. Like I, and that's one of my notes. Is like I got a bad feeling about Ida's future. Um, this is, that's a very good set of episodes. Yeah. Uh, so we need to, we'll probably pick that up this weekend. Um, and get back into the swing of things there. But yeah, I mean, that pretty much catches me up, um, until our, our big, our big two. Yeah. There. So the thing with the thing with my hero is there are, there are moments that it started to hit. And while it's not as consistently of the quality that at least I hold Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super in like in my memory. Mm-hmm. Like it, I'm sure they're probably pretty equal quality wise, but you start to hit some very big story moments that really do rival the same feeling I had watching Dragon Ball Z for the first time, now, which I didn't know if I would get that from a show again. Now, one thing I wanted to, the movie, the My yes. Hero movie. So where does that fall in? It, so the way it's structured, you could watch it without any spoilers if you've seen episode three. Like if you've seen through the first three episodes, oh, 
um, you could watch it. There are a couple things. There are costume changes. Uh, there are a few. There's like a couple hinted abilities that mm-hmm. uh, show up um, and just different ways that like say Deku uses uh, one for all, like a few different things in there. But grand story wise, it's you could watch it whenever and not really have anything uh, taken away from you from the main story. I guess. But so it falls like falls right around the end of season four. Oh, okay. Alrighty, so we could just catch up on the show, mm-hmm. then watch the movie. Gotcha. And you can skip two heroes. It's all right. Okay. But Heroes Rising is incredibly good. Okay. And has a lot to do with why I like Bakugo so much. <laughs> okay, good. Well, we will try and get there. All right, so it's time. It Honestly, what the people have been waiting for, uh, the, the reason we both are so into anime... Yeah, I mean, and it's I mean, Dragon so Ball much Z. more could be said about it. Yeah, Dragon yeah. Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. Um, so basically, we go through the timeline. We just went through all of our timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Ball Z. Anytime I w- wasn't watching one of the shows mentioned, uh, well, okay, I wasn't watching Dragon Ball Z when I was watching Pokemon because I probably would have gotten in trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, granted, I'd say you know, first cup, skip the first couple, and then. Dragon Ball Z pretty much overarchs all of that. Yeah. Um, so I remember I uh, Dragon Ball Z was still one of the earliest ones because I started watching it the same time I started watching Digimon. And I remember yeah, having kind of a one-two punch of that. And boy, did Dragon Ball Z really take off for me in that moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dragon Ball... I mean, as a franchise that I think we both are going to follow, oh, you know, follow. Well, I don't know. They might come back. Um, Maybe. Watch. And it'll, I mean, it's just a franchise that'll be a part of our lives forever. Uh, Absolutely. Whether it's games, it's shows, it's movies, it's cards now. <laughs> yeah. uh, posters, statues, art, you know, artwork, t-shirts, anything. Uh, yeah. The, um, I mean, and even beyond that, I do want to take a moment and talk about Akira Toriyama, who his work in general has also been with me, like, not just through Dragon Ball Z, but I was huge. I loved um, Dragon Warrior Monsters, uh, was one of the Game Boy games I had that um, felt very similar to Pokemon. It's a monster collector, but it's, you know, also made by Toriyama and like Dragon Quest XI, which I have sunk at least 120 hours into on my switch. <laughs> Cat is currently watching, walking on the keyboard, but you know, I've sunk at least 120 hours into DQ 11 on my switch and it's the same style. The protagonist looks like uh, Android 17. Oh really? And, yeah. And all the monsters have the Toriyama style. Like that's where you get the slimes from. Gotcha. So, and it's like, not just did Toriyama create, you know, DBZ and Dragon Ball, that franchise, which is one of the most iconic anime franchises too. He also created the slime, which in and of itself is like one of the most iconic pieces of a JRPG of mm-hmm. all time. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dragon Ball Z is, you know, it's what, it's what every other anime I watch or discover now is what is what I compare it to. Like, it's the measuring it, stick. Right, exactly. Um, 
it, I mean, it's one of those shows that I could finish, you know, episode 299 or whatever it is, um, and then just start right back over in the Saiyan Saga, mm-hmm. um, which well, brings I mean, me- The Saiyan Saga is just, I want to talk a little bit about the Saiyan Saga in general, uh, just because that's what, like, that hooked me. And that was the first experience I had of, like, true, like, traditional anime. And I the seeing the moment where Goku grabs Raditz mm-hmm. and Piccolo blasts him with the special beam cannon, that was when you knew it was something, something else entirely. Right. And, yeah, I mean, here you, here you have your main character dying in, like, episode 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just main character, like who's been introduced in this show, you know, he's a beloved character from a previous from show. From Dragon Ball, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is a whole established world that we're picking up him. on. And you kill him in the first season. Um, well, kind of. I mean, it's not like he loses any screen time, but... Yeah, you, uh, you know he's still there. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, because we just jump into Snake Way, and those are, like, my least favorite episodes. You... Oh, my God. Snake Way's so boring. Um, but... <sighs> I mean, we touch on the sagas. I just kind of want to run through some of my favorites. Um, my number one favorite is the Cell Games, um, mm-hmm. which I think I had heard that it's where the show was supposed to end. I believe so. Um, spoiler alert, I guess. Um, <laughs> basically, Goku gives his life to think to he thought he was killing Cell. Um, Cell comes back and it's up to Gohan to kill Cell. Gohan basically, you know, takes his next step as a Saiyan, goes Super Saiyan 2, um, and defeats, you know, defeats Cell with the super, uh, the father-son Kamehameha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just, I think that's just peak, peak Dragon Ball. It is. And I want to, I wanted to talk a little bit more about peak Dragon Ball because, and we we had had this conversation like at least over a year ago on Twitter, uh, talking about how you know Epley, you couple people had mentioned the father son Kamehameha as uh, their like that's their Dragon Ball peak their moment. But I still think no no moment hit me the way that seeing Super Saiyan for the oh, first yeah, time. Oh yeah, I mean did. I have that as number two. It is it's yeah. not a it's not a far behind number two the mm-hmm. Frieza saga. Um, I, and I, so I want to talk about my favorite saga, hands down. My favorite saga is Frieza saga. Mm-hmm. I think that's because Frieza is such an interesting villain because he is like introduced. There's no shades of gray. He's bad. Oh, he's evil. He is a, uh-huh. s- just straight up evil, but he's having so much fun being evil. And I don't think I'd ever seen a villain so happy to be a villain until I had seen Frieza. Oh yeah, I mean, and then he, you know, he's introduced and he just starts just mowing down your favorite characters, mm-hmm. like kills Krillin, Vegeta. Uh, and he's just a Piccolo. little guy too. Yeah. Um, what else here? Uh, I think we kind of touched on the Vegeta saying, "I love evil Vegeta in the first season. Mm-hmm. I think he's such a fun villain." When Vegeta uh, is ruthless, he's really, really fun. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. What else we have? Majin Vegeta. You know, that's, you know, that's the probably I'd say Vegeta's best moment of the show 
you know, when he gives himself to defeat Boo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, I think every Vegeta stand is, that's that's the moment they go to. Um, yeah. And something I want to talk about with Vegeta, and I've, I've shared this take before, but Dragon Ball Z, so Dragon Ball is Goku's show, mm-hmm. but Dragon Ball Z is Vegeta's show. And it's Vegeta's story because Goku does not change. He does not grow throughout any of it. But what we're seeing throughout Dragon Ball Z is Vegeta and how he is turning from this warlord, this just, I'm not going to say God of destruction because, you know, that's a whole other thing in the Dragon Ball (laughs) universe. But uh, he, Vegeta is a killing machine and he's a ruthless and he cares for nobody except for Saiyan supremacy. And he he grows throughout the show because of his interactions with Goku, with Bulma, with Krillin, with everybody. And Goku is the static one, and he is the one impacting that change on Vegeta. So it truly is Vegeta's story. I, I think you might have some people disagree with you there. And I think while that is true, um, I think Dragon Ball Z was very much intended to be Gohan's story. Okay, that's that's a very good point. Because, uh, I mean, Gohan doesn't get that in Super... And I think closing it out with cell, with um, the father-son Kamehameha as planned, I think that all lends itself to being Gohan's story. Right, and then we get the... <laughs> and then it takes a bit of a dip, and yeah. we get the great Saiyan man. Yeah, great Saiyan man and Gohan the scholar. Oh, yes. Which, yeah, we'll touch on that later. Um, yes, we will. <laughs> and then he kind of comes back for a little bit, and then he's a scholar again, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to move on to Dragon Ball Super? Do you have anything? Let's move on to Super. I, I don't have a ton to say still that wouldn't just be like waxing the car of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, I do want to say, if you're thinking about watching it, watch Dragon Ball Z Kai. Yes, that is a great point. Uh, Kai takes out all the filler. Um, it it watches, It's a much smoother, faster watch through Dragon Ball Z. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then yeah, and it it's still quality. You're not you're not losing quality. You're just cutting out a lot of the stuff that, like now, if you're trying to get caught up, having never seen it before, it's literally stuff you do not need. I do think they edit out some, like they edit out some blood, but other than that, yeah. But I mean, the U.S. like what we got on Toonami also had some edited out blood, right? Um, and like also edited out like baby Goku penis. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, if you've never watched there uh, throughout a lot of Dragon Ball, Goku is just running around naked, and he's just got like a little drawn-on wiener. Yeah, you know, a little nub, <laughs> no <Yeah>. big deal. <laughs> um, so Dragon Ball Super, um, I think everyone can agree it's it's not Dragon Ball Z, but it is still very good. Um, yes, it's not Dragon Ball Z, but it has moments that very much are oh, of yeah. that quality. Um, kind of going on how you should watch it since we were talking about dragon ball z and kai and Mm -hmm. skip the first 36 episodes of this show and just watch the two movies uh resurrection i'm very glad i did that and battle of the gods and it's battle of the gods then resurrection f because i remember getting back into it and um because i i'd been out of the game for a while uh and i mean watching super again is what got me back into really like hitting anime hard but you know, I watched uh, Battle of the Gods and I texted Riley. I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, is it, does it get better? And, you know, you told me just, yes. Like, yeah. Hang on through Battle of the Gods. They were doing a lot of weird stuff and trying new things with the animation that just didn't land. 
I think it they do, don't they do okay in the movie. I think it's when they do the, the show. Movie's the movie's pretty rough. Well, I know it gets, they, it's worse in the show. So yeah, they do a lot of weird CG stuff um, in yeah. the show, like and 3D animation that doesn't or uh, in the movie. I'm sure it also is in the show, but it just doesn't look good at all. Um, but then Resurrection F happens, and I mean, as a big time Frieza stan, I was so happy to yeah, see all of this happen. Um, I, I mean, that could, if you just kind of look up, like you know what happens before that, Resurrection F could almost serve as it's uh, as a standalone movie. I mean, yeah, there's a I couple mean, things. Really can. There's a couple things where you have to be like, well, what, why the hell is her hair blue? Um, mm-hmm. Like you don't know what Super Saiyan Blue is, but I mean, that's there's stuff you could easily research um, and figure that out. Um, let's see. So what? Uh, and then after that, then it picks up. Then it goes into one actually my favorite arcs. Um, through for Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super, um, and that's the uh, the, the future Trunks Goku Black mm-hmm. arc. Uh, that's very good. A lot of time travel. A, a really really good villain. You get uh, you get uh, oh gosh now I can't think of which one it is Vegeta or Gogeta or Vegito or it's, Vegeta. It's Vegito. That's right. Yeah, because they use the Patara. Uh, yes, because um, Gogeta has. Not, not until well, Gogeta shows up in DBS Super or in Broly, right? And that was the first time uh, Gogeta was made canon as far as Super is concerned, right? So, I mean, yeah. So we get Vegito, and it's just it's just really cool. And then you get like the whole um, I'm trying to think of the word here. You get kind of more of the grand scale of things in terms of the universe. Um, mm-hmm. you, you get the angels. You get um, all the Kai's. You get grand zeno yeah and uh, i the introduction of that hierarchy and that ruling structure of not just this universe but all universes um well i mean i guess we're not even brought into multiple universes yet uh but we are introduced to the idea of grand zeno we we're this is our this would be our first introduction into multiple universes i think okay um i couldn't remember if they did or not or if that came later no, I believe it's this one because that's how they, well, I got to phrase it. I know. Right. We, it, it's, basic, <laughs> it's how Goku Black becomes a character. That's right. And, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I know there is also like multiverse stuff in DBZ and, you know, that had to do with future trunks and heart disease Goku and things like right. that. But they don't really flush it out like they do in this arc. Um, no definitely not and then and then super kind of moves on and it's a debated topic some people really like it some people don't i am one of the people that like it and it is the tournament of power it is an arc that i will agree is way too long uh it's like 55 it's like the last 55 episodes of the show Um, see i like that though i like a good long like this is just a battle going on for so long like the um the final chapters in Naruto mm-hmm. are like that. Like the fourth Ninja War, um, or the fourth Great Shinobi War, is. I mean, it has to be at least a hundred chapters, and it's insane how long this battle goes on. And I really dig that. Oh no, I mean, I like it too. I just, I mean, because it gives us some of our some of the best moments. I think of the show or Dragon Ball Super, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have. Gohan proving himself against his dad while they're training or preparing to get to the uh, tournament. And I mean, mm-hmm. Gohan goes toe to toe 
um, with Super Saiyan Blue Goku. Um, I mean, he doesn't win, but I mean, he knocks the hell out of Goku for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and the whole thing with Gohan is that Gohan, like, while he can do Super Saiyan and go Super Saiyan two, he doesn't. He's want never to. right. He doesn't want to. He's never gone past Super Saiyan two, and he instead taps into something else entirely. Which I mean, I'm I don't re- think it ever gets cope or it gets referred to in the show, but Mystic Gohan becomes mm-hmm. a thing, and that is. That is how Gohan is channeling his power instead. And, you know, it's it's been discussed that that itself is even stronger than the power boost you get from Super Saiyan. Yeah, so, yeah, because I think he even says, he's like, oh, I'm going to find my own path uh, that's stronger mm-hmm. than a Super Saiyan, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then along with those preparation episodes, you get, they kind of give you like a throwback and it's it's Krillin and Goku training again. Um mm-hmm. And <laughs> Krillin's like, Krillin, he kind of hits him how strong the world has become. Um, mm-hmm. But Krillin, I mean, he actually ends up outsmarting Goku and almost beats him because he has the, uh, he throws like the 10 Destructo Discs. Yep. Um, that actually comes back later on in the tournament because Goku remembered the attack. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like Krillin gets pooped on a lot by uh, people who aren't super familiar with the show. And he like he is a punchline. He's a punching bag. But if you if you are familiar with Krillin, I mean, one, you're introduced to him. He's the strongest human on Earth, at least at a period he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and but Krillin is very intelligent, and Krillin is incredibly powerful. But he's dwarfed in comparison to you know this warrior race that is the Saiyans. But being able to address the show's power creep through Krillin and Krillin accepting what his limits are, but also acknowledging what he brings to the table. Like, I love that. Yeah, that's definitely. So, I mean, it's such a good payoff for decades of content. Right. And so, um, another good moment, uh, T.O.P. provides, uh, you just get a lot of Piccolo and Gohan working together, mm-hmm. um, which I think works really. I mean, obviously that's one of the better relationships in the show. Uh, you know, master and apprentice or mentor and mentee, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it. But um, I mean, two of the smartest fighters in yeah. all of Dragon Ball. So it, it's it's not quite the same. I think it just brings something different to the table where, you know, Goku and Vegeta are just power. Let's reach the next level of power mm-hmm. and just kind of beat the hell out of everything. You know, you have Piccolo and Gohan are very much more strategery (laughs) yeah they're tactic (laughs) they've got a lot of like tactical expertise that they throw out there yeah and i I, that's one thing i like about those those two in this arc is they provide a lot of insight into the other fights you know after they eventually get knocked out they they basically become the you know the chorus of the show Mm -hmm. um so yeah um Let's see, what else do I have here? Uh, Android 17. My uh, second, third favorite Dragon Ball super character. Yeah. Um, dude just turns into an absolute goat in this show. Yes, uh, I love 17. And I was never big on 17 or the androids in general through... Uh, and not big on them as heroes. I love the android saga. But, you know, I, their whole turnaround was eh for me in Z, but in super, I really love what they do with 17. Oh yeah. I mean, he like, 
he basically comes from, he starts as just this, you know, they're like, well, where the hell's 17? And he's a ranger on some planet. Yeah. <laughs> forest just taking care of animals. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he ends up winning the freaking tournament of power. Uh, oh, he's just awesome. I mean, it's, which is cool because they finally like give someone else a power increase. It's not mm-hmm. a Saiyan. Um, yeah. I wish they would do that with, you know, other characters, but mainly Piccolo, but I'm a Piccolo. Yeah, I, I would so. love to see Piccolo get a huge power boost. Uh-oh. Some A moment I really want to talk about, and I think it's my standout moment of Super as a whole, and I, like, some people might think it was, like, kind of corny, but I thought it played perfectly, and it absolutely ripped, and not to give, like, a ton away if you're, you know, on the fence and haven't watched Super yet, but, I mean, I, w- I will tell this, like, Goku and Frieza finally working together and acknowledging the strengths that each other have and truly mm-hmm. how powerful each other are and finally not combating against each other. And it's not Goku trying to stop Frieza, but instead Frieza and Goku trying to stop what seems to be just an absolutely unstoppable fighter is just hands down one of the most incredible moments of payoff through oh, that yeah. show. Yeah, that's actually one of my last notes on it is... I mean, obviously from the story standpoint, but also those last two episodes give us some of the best Dragon Ball animation to date. I mean... Yeah, it it has never looked as good as it does across those two episodes. And one thing I really like about that last fight, I think that's really cool, is you not not only are they working together to defeat Jiren, um, but also the way they do it, like you have... Freeze is not golden, you know, Frieza's mm-hmm. beat to hell. Um, so he's, you know, kind of, he's more or less like, he's like end of Frieza arc power level. Um, yeah, he's the Frieza we've always like truly, right? like the the archetypal Frieza. Yeah, so he's gone back to like, he's at like DBZ strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Goku who has like no strength at all. Um, and he's, he's like relying on Super Saiyan 1. Like he goes back and forth because I think his hair like, goes back and forth between yep. yellow you know gold and black and it's just like it takes you back to like that first well second season um of dbz and it's like these two have come full circle and mm-hmm. they're relying on that power to save the universe basically see and that's the thing like i i want db super to come back i know there are more stories there because you know it's the manga is still going but I that could have that could be the perfect ending point for Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super. This whole story, this franchise, you could close the book on that moment, and it would be satisfying. Oh yeah, I mean they're never going to because they're never going to kill this franchise. No, and from I mean I've I've pretty well kept up with the manga just online. I I think it's actually going to end up. It'll I think it's I think maybe this first one with Moro is going to be. I think it's tough to follow up the tournament of power and that, you know, yeah. everything, but, um, well, I think there's Moro been some is hints. a big, Moro's a big course correction for power level, right? Um, I think it's just, it's, it's kind of a next step. Like there's a new baseline. Um, okay. you have, you'll have, I don't think this is really spoilers cause everyone could kind of figure this out, but you'll have Goku mastering ultra instinct and learning, you know, what that is. Um, he starts to train more with Whis. Um, and learning like Weiss is like, yeah, I basically, I live in ultra instinct mode. 
Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and Goku's like, well, fuck. Uh, <laughs> um, and then one of the things, Ty, I don't know if you know this, uh, Beerus, in one of the later chapters of this arc, um, Goku is like training with Whis and they're like doing their thing and Vegeta's, you know, kind of like, shh, Kakarot. You know, he's all... Doing his whole thing. Yeah. Well, Beerus uh drops the hint drops the line basically that's like uh ultra instinct isn't the only power of the gods hell uh, yes i so want I my re- my short beefy boy i need him to get a power boost so that he can be on goku's level so i think what we're i think where we're starting to head is i think we are going vegeta is going to be god of destruction Mm-hmm. And I think Goku is going to go more the angel route, which would also be a perfect story for those two is to, for like Goku. Yes. End up being Vegeta's angel. Um, that, that would be so perfect. And we could talk so much more about this, um, but we, we can go ahead and keep moving. But yeah. the, I, I would love to see the, the show go that direction. So stepping away from Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super a bit, what are some shows, you know, there we've talked about a lot and we've talked about, you know, shows that we really enjoy and that hold a special place to us, but there's a lot of stuff that we've missed over the years. So yeah. what are some shows that you need to watch Yeah, this, or shows that you really want to watch? This is for everyone that's probably been listening to this podcast screaming about, screaming at us that we haven't watched it. Um, yeah. And we are recognizing that. Um, I have, I just put down We're five. You're not perfect. Five I that I need to watch. Um, Nardo. I need to watch yes. all of it. Um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is one our friend Rustin extremely mm-hmm. heavily recommends. Um, number three, One Punch Man. Seems very much up our alley. Yeah, I've um, I've been told that a lot. Um, and then a, the last two, One Piece. Um, I hear, but I, the only thing I hear about One Piece is it is very slow. Yeah. Um, a lot I, I started it a little bit and I'll talk a little more about one piece, but it it's slow, but it's, it's very solid. Yeah. That, I mean, I, that's what I hear. I hear it's good. It's just slow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then the last one, I'm actually changing it as I'm reading this. Um, I want to watch attack on Titan. Ooh, yeah. I haven't watched that one either. Yeah. So that's, that's my five. So hopefully that calms some of you down that yes. they are on the, uh, they are on the watch list. So we have a couple that we share, and I mean, I, I need to watch a bunch of those as well, but uh, FMA Brotherhood, which mm-hmm. I just hear, you know, as Rustin says, it's the Breaking Bad of anime, uh, and One Piece, which I started watching, really enjoyed, switched over to Hunter x Hunter because I just did not have 900 episodes worth of energy to dedicate to One Piece, uh, but I am eventually going to tackle that task. And then the three others I have... Are a little older, but mm-hmm. they're ones I've always heard reference. So Bleach, mm-hmm. I really need to get into Bleach. Yu Yu Hakusho, yeah, which I you know one that's touted as one of the better like '90s era animes, and then Inuyasha, mm-hmm. because I hear a lot of great things about Inuyasha. I think that's solid list. Yeah. So as we're picking shows we need to watch, and we talk about shows that we like, to you we. We don't have to be super objective. We can be very subjective on this. To you, what makes a good anime? Okay, I'm. This is this is in no order. It's just pieces. Um, mm-hmm. 
that's got to have good combat, um, whether that's mechs or martial arts or you know sword fighting, whatever. It's got. I need. I need some. I need good combat. Um, next, it needs a killer intro outro song. It can be Absolutely. one or the other. Um, you know, it could be an intro like Demon Slayer, or it could be an outro like we get in Dragon Ball Super. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, good character development. I love, I think for pretty much all the shows we talked about, you know, you get a, you get your character or a group of characters at the beginning and seeing not just one, but multiple of them change throughout the show. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, that really contributes. Um well, that's that's why I fell into uh, liking my hero so much is because like the whole story is character development and how these um, junior heroes grow and train and become uh, provisional and then eventually full on heroes. Right. Um, and then lastly, I mean, even though even though DBZ is probably you know, obviously my favorite anime of all time and it is slower um, or can be slower, more drawn out. I prefer pacing a, a faster pacing anime. Um, mm-hmm. One that's, I'd say not, not quite Demon Slayer. That's, I'd say that's about as fast as you could go. Um, yeah, if but, you go any faster than Demon Slayer, you lose your audience entirely. Right. So, I think you know somewhere somewhere in between there, I think is a good is a good mm-hmm. spot to be, and that's that's about it for me. Okay. Now, for me, my my first and foremost thing is animation. Mm. You know, we've talked mostly series, but the peak of the art for anime is Akira for me. And that's just, it's one of the most impressively animated movies I've ever seen. It's incredibly smooth, and it just looks rad as hell. Right. And like you talked about with character development, that's so huge. But also, not just character development, but make me buy in and care about these characters. Yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about that with some of my top five favorite characters. And then, really, like, not to repeat in the rest of what you said, so I'm just going to wrap up with, do something different. Take a concept and flip the concept. Play with this concept of other animes play with the trope do something different with what you are bringing to the table i think the biggest example of that is evangelion Mm -hmm. because it it takes the mech formula and then just says no and just (laughs) runs away (laughs) and just does something absolutely insane so let's let's run through our top five shows okay um, and do you have yours you in order? Do, how about let's do... I do have mine in order. Sorry, you cut out there for a second for me. Say that one more time. Oh, yeah, you froze for me as well. Um, yes, they are in order. Um, okay. Do you want to start? Then let's go five to one, and we'll take yeah. turns. I do have honorable mention. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll do honorable mention and then five. My honorable mention right now is My Hero Academia. Um Mm-hmm. Just because I'm so new in it, it felt weird to put it in the top five because i yeah, not even a full two seasons in. Um, and number five, coming in at number five, I have Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Um, this is my favorite Gundam show. It's obviously one of my favorite animes. Um, it's, it's just always going to be there. Yeah. 
So my honorable mention that I have is Hunter x Hunter, and that is because I took a break from it. It's incredibly good. I just haven't finished it, and probably if I did finish it, it might end up higher or could get bumped off the list depending on how things go. Uh, but I have Gundam Wing as my okay. number five. Nice. Because I that and that's my exposure to Gundam and the Gundam that I watch. And I that's the one I dove back into over 2019, 2020 that I really, really enjoyed because that's what I that's the one I benefited from watching Acura and Evangelion first and then watching this one again and like, oh whoa, no, I totally see what these themes mm-hmm. are here. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, I am going to go Dragon Ball Super. Okay. Um, I feel like I don't need to touch on that anymore. So, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. And so I kind of lumped to DBZ and DB Super as one and just the Dragon Ball franchise. So mine might be a little, little skewed, but my number four is probably going to be Demon Slayer. Nice. Nice. It, I love it. I love Demon Slayer. It's just I finished, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I finished that season on Netflix, and I was like, all right. Because they finish that season in a way that you're like, all right, let's go. Train time. I am so ready. And you just want that movie. And you're like, like what do you had mean I had the movie's not available? <laughs> yeah. Had, had I had access, I absolutely would have just stayed up another, like, 90 minutes, two hours, and watched that movie that night. Oh, man, yeah. And I, Rust, Rustin's read all the manga, and he says mm-hmm. the train just, it just rips. So I, See, and that's why I'm... I want to read the manga and I know I'm going to eventually, but I'm waiting until I see Mugen Train to do it. Yeah, I think I think if you start a show as just the anime, I think it's better to just watch the anime all the way through and then go back and read it. So and I uh I'll talk about it in a little bit of something okay. I did. So, okay, number three. Uh, what's your number three? Number three, I'm putting this in there um because I think I think it can make the list in an American podcast about anime. <laughs> Uh, I'm putting Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, yeah, I think it's just it's just a super awesome show. You know, good characters for the most part. I'll get to that. Um, so I'm actually I had I hadn't thought about that. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm bumping Gundam Wing down. I'm bumping Demon Slayer to five. I'm putting Avatar at my number four. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's got to be in the top five for sure. Um, what's your number three? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number three is going to be My Hero Academia because it's one that I hadn't been... Su- I actually, it took me a couple tries to start watching because like you said with the pacing thing, when I first started, I watched a couple episodes. I'm like, this is fine, but you know, it's not what I'm going to invest my time in. I also was finishing grad school and working like 60 hours a week. So I just like, ah, I'm not going to do this. Right. And uh, But then I tried it again and got absolutely hooked. And it's one that after I finished, uh, well, after finishing season four uh, recently, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read the manga. I'm going to read it because there's a few things that like there's, I don't know. I think there's a good hundred chapters still that hadn't been touched by the show. And I read through that and things are going to be buck wild for the next few seasons of my hero. Oh my God, dude. You learn a lot more about Shigaraki and where he came from, and who boy, <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah, I yeah I could imagine. Um, and you're gonna learn a lot about One for All too, which it it only gets better. Okay, Deku just continues to be like his growth is awesome. Sweet. 
All right, so let's hear your number two. Number two for me is Demon Slayer. Um, I said, I mean, it's pretty, it's an obvious what my number one is, but same. A, an anime has not hit for me like it has until I watched Demon Slayer. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, there's no, there's just no conceivable way that it gets worse. I think it's only going to get better the farther we get into the show. Mm-hmm. And I think Demon Slayer could really like rise up my ranks. And I, the way you feel about Demon Slayer is how I feel about my hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're, they're all just going to be up there in that like top three range. Oh yeah. And so my number two is, uh, this one is very obvious because everybody knows what my number one is and you can make a guess at what my number two is because of that. My number two is Evangelion. Sure. It like, that is like blowing brains through buttholes. Like (laughs) I, I watched it and I was not the same afterwards. Like that's the best way I put it. It's one of the best anime I've ever watched. It's also one I like, it's not particularly enjoyable, but it's like watching, you know, like Requiem for a Dream. Right. Like, it, it's... It's just good. I, I can't imagine somebody... I'm sure that people are out there, but, like, it's the type of thing that I imagine they would say not to watch on any sort of mind-altering substance <laughs> or, like, psychedelic because it might break your brain forever. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair assessment. And even, like, not doing that, I watched it and just... I've been open about anxiety and depression and i was just like i watched it i was like do i exist yeah it, oh my it, god it, it, it is not one of those where you come home to watch to just like turn your brain off <laughs> yeah and it's it's certainly not one you watch if you're having a bad day to unwind yeah, it, yeah. because evangelion will put you in just an even worse headspace but it's such a good experience to have seen right and then we both know what our number one is yeah, Dragon Ball. I mean, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, I, Dragon, both for you, Dragon Ball franchise as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think everyone knew that coming in. So, yeah, absolutely. We just, we are no. That is no secret, right? So let's go ahead and move on. Uh, top five characters. Uh, I'll let okay. you start this time with honorable mention and number five. Perfect. So um, honorable mention because I have not watched the whole thing, but have watched a lot. But I'm going to say uh, Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. He is, he rules. Like, that's the best way to put it. He just kicks ass. But my my number five is going to be, and there's no way to really talk about this without spoiling Evangelion, but uh, <laughs> the Evas are my favorite character. <laughs> the, you know, giant mech suits that right. have no personality leave, I, and mind of their own. I would just leave it there. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Um, okay, my honorable mentions, I actually have four. Um, two from Dragon Ball, two from My Hero. Uh, Dragon Ball, Krill and Trunks. Uh, yep. Trunks is just Trunks is just your like your average like he's just a cool character. Like yeah, and no I, I have one that. of those on mine. Um, Krillin, I I have a soft spot from Krillin for Krillin because he's just he's the definition of a day one. Yeah. Uh, for My Hero, uh, Midoriya. Who you know? He's just a good character so far. I'm uh, glad you came around on uh, on Deku. Yeah, I, he's still kind of a crybaby, but he's getting better. Um, yeah, 
I would and put, that's that's the whole point. I would put this character for me ahead of Midoriya, and that's Todoroki. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, obviously, I don't know because I haven't watched a show. Um, I'm hoping that they flush out more of him, and we get and he be and he stays as a as a major player throughout the show. Oh, I really, not not just him, but uh, Endeavor and just like the Todoroki lineage becomes yeah. huge. So that's so. awesome to hear, um, and I can't wait for that because I think. And that hasn't, we haven't gotten to much of that in the show yet. That's a big thing that's coming is a lot of the Todoroki stuff. Sweet. Yeah, I think that's going to uh, be but awesome. There's some incredible Endeavor stuff that happens. But I just, I just love, I love that he's like, you know, super like calm and collected, but he's also like fucking overpowered as shit. Like mm-hmm. he is strong as hell. And um, man, I, so realizing where you're at, you're like, you're already show as is you're going to get a lot of stuff about Todoroki and his family yeah, soon. We had, we had just gotten to the point where he just tracked down his mom. Okay. Okay. Um, All right, oh, so, then I still have my number five. Um, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> now actual rankings. Uh, my, I'm going number five Android 17 for me. Um, we touched on his role in Dragon Ball super. Um, but I actually really like him in Dragon Ball Z. Um, some I think one of my my top favorite fights uh, from Dragon Ball Z is mm-hmm. him versus Piccolo. Um, yeah, because it's kind of it, I mean it's Piccolo's. They're two extremely strategic fighters, and they're sitting there trying to outsmart one another, not just overpower mm-hmm. the other one. Um, yeah, I, I, I Android Seventeen. He's awesome. Yep, and I I can't argue with that at all. So my number four is pulling from my hero again. Uh, and as I hinted at, it's, he's one of my favorite villains, but Shigaraki, mm-hmm. he, he's cold blooded and just like pulls no punches and he's menacing. Like you, he's as, creepy. as, as the audience member, you are concerned for like the heroes you, for everybody in that setting when Shigaraki shows up. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a creepy dude. Mm hmm. And that that pick is also in a few of these are informed by manga, specifically my number three and number two, okay. considering that I haven't actually really watched the show, but I've read the manga. <laughs> so, okay. but um, number f- but yeah, Shigaraki's number four for me. Okay, number four, I have Tanjiro uh, yeah. from Demon Slayer. Um, you he just gives off super, you know, Goku and Deku vibes. Like he's just uh-huh. he, and I love that they're kind of hinting at like this guy is going to be the real, like he's going to be the real deal. Like he is going to be stronger than everyone else. Tanjiro's superpower, big ass head. Yeah. Head just hard as hell. (laughs) All right. right, So my number three, uh, again, I've watched a lot of clips of Naruto, uh, and have read all of the manga, but haven't gotten around to watching the show proper. But number three is going to be, uh, Itachi Uchiha. Uh, Sasuke's older brother who he vows revenge on for killing his entire family and ends up, I'm this is spoiling things but also like DBZ Naruto I feel like these are things we can openly talk about at this point so it it gets revealed that uh, Itachi everything he was doing was because he was ordered to by the leadership of the Hidden Leaf Village and Itachi is, he could never let anyone know. He was like the full in deep cover, like double agent betraying his family for the good of the village. 
and uh, it really like the way that Sasuke reacts to that and just the way Itachi you see throughout the series time and time again Itachi is truly like a good person and should be treated as a hero but he's not okay I, I can't I don't have anything to mm-hmm. I can't follow up on that because I haven't seen the show or read any of it yeah. so um, yeah good job <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number three for me, the top three are pretty much interchangeable. Uh, well, no, I take that back. Two and three are interchangeable. Um, number three, I put Piccolo. Mm -hmm. Um, Piccolo, I'm just a Piccolo stan. Uh, his attacks, his look, uh, his philosophy, you know, he's Gohan's dad pretty much. (laughs) Uh, you know, he's just, he's just cool. Um, and I think, I think what drew me to him is, He's he's like the he's like the strongest fighter that's not a Saiyan, mm-hmm. um, and I would I would argue that if they put him on the same power level, that he would wipe the floor with Goku. I think so. If he if he had Goku's a raw power, 100%. oh yeah, I think because he's a million times smarter. I, I really, it, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think yeah. He just if if Piccolo is a Saiyan, he is what. Gohan could be had he not become a scholar. Mm-hmm. And I, I should also like point out for my top five, I, I could have just done all Dragon Ball Z characters. So right. anybody that you like throw on for these, I agree with, but I just, I left them off for the sake of variety. Well, that's, that's another reason I put Piccolo at three and not two because of who mm-hmm. my number one is. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I should say Goku is not on my list. I love Goku deeply, but I mean Goku's like a given. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, I don't know, I can't, I can't even think of a comparison. Saying like my favorite Pokemon is Pikachu. Yeah, everybody thinks right. that. It's, um, but my number two is uh, going to be Kakashi from Naruto as well, because I think his look is one like that. You look at that, you're middle school, high schooler. That's the coolest character you've ever seen. <laughs> Like, and dude's got white hair. Turns out he's my age. Uh, and yeah, Kakashi's 28 years old. Um, but he is super smart, like incredibly smart. He's like Piccolo smart, mm-hmm. super powerful. Um, and like really, he's super powerful and cares a lot, but also just like pulls back so much. I almost feel like you could, him and uh, Aizawa are pretty much interchangeable oh, okay. as far as characters are concerned. Um, but Kakashi, like, you know, you're introduced to him doing a training exercise, uh, with, you know, uh, Naruto, Sasuke and Sakura, and he's just reading like make out paradise and like just dodging everything <laughs> they're doing and just like stepping out of the way. You're like, this guy's cool as hell. <laughs> and he, it only builds on that throughout the series because then Kakashi ends up being, his story becomes very integral to everything that happens. Yeah. Um, my number two, uh, I am going with Zuko. Yeah. Last Airbender. Uh, the ultimate tragic hero. Um, by far the best storyline of The Last Airbender. Um, just a cool, yeah. just a cool character. I mean, and I like Zuko should be on my list. And I, the only reason he's not is because I didn't know where we were standing on avatar status, but yeah, Zuko pro- we probably should have talked Z- about that beforehand. <laughs> it's okay. We're, 
we are nothing if not professional. Um, but yeah, I love Zuko. He's one of my favorite characters. But he's my number one. This is something I have. I mean, I touched on it earlier. I have. I could write a full like ten page think piece mm-hmm. on why this is the best character in anime. Why he is the hero of Dragon Ball Z, and that is Vegeta. Yeah, like, Vegeta my... is all time favorite character. Yeah, he's my number one as well. Um, I yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, you pretty much. Dragon Ball Z fans, you go into two camps. You are mm-hmm. Team Goku or your Team Vegeta. Um, team Vegeta, you've been through a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my you th- god! You think yes. you're gonna you think you're gonna get the kill? You know, he, Vegeta's gonna get the final kill. He's gonna be the hero, and then Goku comes in and just crushes your soul time mm-hmm. and time again. Always, 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 always. Vegeta will have his comeuppance when Super comes back. It's it's gonna happen. They're teasing it. Uh, but also like another moment I want to talk about is just like the score and the buildup. And so in Dragon Ball Z, the whole thing, like Vegeta, the entire time that we were introduced to him and the buildup to Goku finally hitting Super Saiyan, Vegeta is looking and looking and waiting and trying to find the Super Saiyan or become the Super Saiyan because mm-hmm. it's still a thing of legend to Saiyans. And you know, he's gutted when Goku hits it and he doesn't. And then finally in it's Boo Saga, right? Or is it Android? No, it's Android. When, when Vegeta he hits, hits it? it? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No. It's uh yeah. After so Android, uh, uh old big white chubby Android. Right. Uh Android nineteen and twenty. That's it. Yeah, he um so like that score, the build, like everything, that moment of and like the flickering from gold to black and then Vegeta finally hitting Super Saiyan, it's unbelievable. I think I think for me, what why I like Vegeta more than Goku, um, I think it comes down to their motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, Goku, and I think a lot I think part of it, like Goku is such an idiot that I think it I think it hurts him set points. Um mm-hmm. And not necessarily just like I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but Goku is in it just because he like he just wants to be stronger. He just cares yeah, about I the mean, next Goku's power. Goku's whole level. thing is who can I fight that's right. gonna make me stronger? And I think what he lacks is what makes or what and what Vegeta has is that Saiyan pride. And I think mm-hmm. Vegeta being much more of the like the true warrior mentality. Um and I think that's something they touch on a lot in Super, I think is what makes him so mm-hmm. great is, you know, he, Vegeta is motivated by his honor, his pride, uh, you know, his family. Um, and I think I think that he learns to draw that, his power from those things is what makes him so great. Absolutely. And another, one last thing, because we could talk another hour about Vegeta alone, uh, but one thing in Dragon Ball Super that I really love, we talked about it off mic, but there's a tournament where they are essentially the best fighters of Universe 7 are fighting Universe 6, right? Mm-hmm. Is it yeah, six? six? Yes. Um, and it's Beerus's brother, uh, who is the god of destruction of that universe. And it's basically just a wager to see who's stronger and who is better. And no Saiyan has ever reached Super Saiyan in Universe 6. And the Saiyan is tiny and skinny and like, Little little dude, Saiyans are much more peaceful in Universe 6. 
and Vegeta gets paired up against this guy to fight, and Vegeta is tormenting him. And it's like, it's the character that Vegeta was in season one in the Saiyan saga. And it's almost uncomfortable. You're like, Vegeta, you're not, you know, this isn't who this mm-hmm. character is anymore. Like, what is happening here? And then you realize partway through, like, at the point where Vegeta is just, like, kicking the kid. And he's, like, a young guy. He's, like, kicking the kid up in the air over and over again and, like, slamming him down and, like, mocking him. Then you start to put together that he's trying to push him to go Super Saiyan. Right. And it's so, it's that... That itself is such a highlight of who Vegeta has become compared to who he was in the beginning. Right. And I mean, I feel like, and then they, they touch on that relationship more in the tournament of power mm-hmm. because he, you know, his biggest thing is he has to win, uh, for, uh, Kaba, mm-hmm. you know, cause he made him a promise that he would come to his universe and train him. And you can tell that he really cares about this kid. And yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah, he's just a completely different character at that point. I love it. So let's, let's flip things around. And just for some fun before we get out of here, there's a lot of bad characters in anime too. For as many Vegetas, there are so many others that just stink. So give me your bottom five characters. And this can either be worse characters who just suck or characters who are so evil, so well-written that you hate them. Like okay. most hated or just worse bad, characters. Bad, don't like yeah okay uh mm-hmm. number five i'm going with belmond who is the universe 11's god of destruction um he's the clown yeah the clown i think stinks. that's 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 a dumb that's that's a bad design i don't like it throw it out it makes mm-hmm. it it makes no sense it doesn't fit with their universe it it's just yeah don't like it yeah and so for my for my bottom five i think i'm gonna do the two that are hated because of how they are like in story, the ones that I hate, I'm going to start. I'm also pulling from my top five characters list, Itachi Uchiha, because before the reveal happens of what he's done and why he's done everything, Itachi is like reprehensible and just awful. And every time he comes up, it's so like you feel Sasuke's hatred for him. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're number four. Number four is Majin Buu, um, aka Fat Buu. <laughs> yeah, um, his voice his voice is so annoying. Um, I think like and the candy attacks. It's I don't those mm-hmm. don't land for me. Um, just just a little too childish of a character. Um, mm-hmm. It just doesn't really fit. Like I feel like Majin Buu doesn't fit the tone of where we were at in the show there. Yeah. So number four for me is a Gendo Ikari from Evangelion. And he is one that I, he's a most hated. He's not a worst character. He's written incredibly well, but he's Shinji's dad. And as the things unfold throughout the story of Evangelion, he has done like absolutely unforgivable Mm -hmm. things. You're number three. Number three is kind of half of a character. Um, it is from Demon Slayer. It is yep. Zenitsu when he is awake. <laughs> yep. Uh, I He is a character I just want to s- just smack the shit out of him and tell him to shut up. Um, he is a little too overbearing. Um, yeah. But I couldn't put... I mean, he's not super high up there because then when he passes out, his passed out version of himself... Is unbelievable. Is it so rules. cool. So it's like you deal with it, 
like the writers like make you deal with this super annoying uh-huh. character so you get this payoff of this ultimate like lightning based sword fighter master guy and who just, just rules oh yeah. it's awesome but yeah uh zenitsu is my number three as well <laughs> uh and my number one we'll we'll talk about a little bit later my my number one is the same thing as zenitsu but without the payoff yeah and so let's uh, let's go uh your number two number two okay this is Again, I probably should, we should have talked about Last Airbender being on here. Uh, number two for me is Katara. <laughs> I, I I like Katara. I can't stand Katara. Oh my <laughs> god! Uh, she's her whole thing is like Aang's here to save the world, but don't go into your Avatar state. It's not who you are. I'm like, look, he's the Avatar. Get over it. Like, oh my <laughs> god, she's so. Uh, I feel like she just bring like she just holds ang down the whole yeah. time like let him go off and do his thing i and i could talk all i could talk a ton about that too because i i feel that that's the point of her character because you know the whole thing is ang and the avatar are supposed to be adhering to these buddhist principles regarding attachment and he chooses not to uh, but that's a whole other thing but my number two and this is not, I think this character is treated unfairly because of fans. And I think it's because, like, I mean, anime fans are not always the most progressive and can always just have problems with a woman being in the main story. And then even worse when they feel they, you know, hold back your super powerful guy, kind of like you were talking about. But yeah. this one is. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You'll know what I'm saying, though. It, I, your argument for your argument about Katara is much different than this and the biggest complaint. And I'm going to say Chi-Chi. And I think Chi-Chi has been completely mishandled by the writers. And they they prop her up as this, you know, just Goku's overbearing wife. The old ball and chain. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't think it would be as bad if, because some of the stuff in Dragon Ball, like Chi-Chi's formidable. And Chi-Chi... Ha- did fight and uh, just stopped. Yeah, because I think at some point they talk about Chi-Chi's power level in terms mm-hmm. of the other humans, and it's, like, pretty high. <laughs> yeah, and they they did Chi-Chi so dirty with that and in in turn caused a bunch of people to be like, Chi-Chi sucks. Chi-Chi's a bad wife to our, our good boy Goku. And it's like, no, just shut up. Well, actually, it's the other way. Like, Goku's actually a terrible Goku's husband. Goku's a terrible father and husband. Yeah, so... Yeah, if anyone needs sympathy, it's Chi Chi. Mm-hmm. The shit guess, she has yeah. to deal with. Yeah, and I, and I guess that like gets to my big issue is people painting her as like a villain, and like always the memes that are like the true villain of the show, and it's right. Chi Chi. It's like no, shut up, nerd. All, All right, right, your number one. My number one uh, is Scholar Gohan. <laughs> what a freaking waste of power and where this character could have gone. Yeah. Um, not so much. I don't mind Scholar Gohan in DBZ um, because they at least like, you know, they have a story for him and why he's doing this and why he's, and then he comes back as mm-hmm. adult Gohan. Um, but man, oh man, when you hit DB 
S in those first uh, yeah. two movies worth, and you have skinny ass tracksuit Gohan. You're like, yep. you're just like, what the fuck happened to this badass that killed Cell? Like, you're so mad that he's chosen this way, and it's such a bummer of a character choice. I know. Is I mean, I get it. Like, I don't know. It's just yeah. I I think they could have made him a scholar, but also kept him as a fighter. Is just I think yeah. It didn't have to be an either or. Right. All right. So to round out this episode, before we get out of here. My number one, who a show I love deeply, and that's My Hero Academia. I've talked about it so much, but goddamn Mineta. Grape juice! Just the most annoying character. He's just, and he's too horny, and he just stinks. He, he's awful. He's just a bad character. And, like, I, I believe the writer of uh, My Hero said Manetta is who he, like, most identifies with. Oh, okay. And I'm okay. like, that's upsetting. That but, is, uh, okay, look out for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just, like, just not just horny, but, like, a pervert, and just, it's awful. Uh, he's just uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think what part of it what makes him so uncomfortable is that not only is he that perverted, but then he's also, like, super tiny. Yeah. He oh, like, yeah. He's like this little kid that is just full-on sexual pervert. <laughs> yeah, he he's a deviant. Later in the uh, in the series, he he sees a very young hero and like talks about how hot she's going to be when she's older, oh, and it's no. like, what oh, the hell, man? Yeah, that's yeah. You know, in but, hindsight, we probably should have done our favorite characters to end the show instead of ending this our our anime episode on grape juice. Well, yeah, that's really a bummer of a way to take it out. So <laughs> instead, we'll just say Vegeta rules. He is the best character in all of anime. But seriously, you guys, this has been so fun for Riley and I to do. We've been wanting to do something like this forever because we love anime so much, and we could we could dedicate an hour to each of these shows and different parts of each of these shows. And oh, yeah. we joke about turning into an anime podcast, but legitimately, if we wanted to, the material's there. So thank you for indulging us. If you've listened to all of this, we appreciate it. It's definitely gone far beyond our normal runtime. Uh, but let us know what you think. Yell at us for the ones we missed, and we're sorry. We'll get around to them eventually. Have a good week, everybody.